Welcome to the Journal of Adolescent Adult Literacy podcast. Here every other week, we talk about an article from the Journal of Adolescent Adult Literacy, and then we bring on the author of the article to discuss uh, the implications and and why we should care um, about their work. Today, I'm excited because we'll be discussing an article from Dr. Min Choi and Dr. Joseph Tadero called From Considerate to Challenging Text, a Four-Tiered Text Approach to Thematic Reading. So if you've ever found yourself complaining that students are unprepared or ill-equipped to read and comprehend the text that you're assigning them in class, or, or do you ever find yourself kind of not knowing what to do about it, that they don't understand these texts? Um, and if this is you, and I'm, you can't see it because it's audio-only format, but I'm raising my hand as that's me, <laughs> that has been me often, uh, complaining about my students' lack of comprehension, but then also feeling sometimes that I don't know what to do about it. What what the author of the authors of consider it to challenge in text a four-tier text approach to thematic reading, Dr. Tony and Dr. Tadero, offer practical strategies in this episode of what we can do to help students gain confidence and improve their ability to read these complex texts. Dr. Min Choi is an assistant professor of education and academic literacy at Bronx Community College. Her research interests include post-secondary reading instruction, disciplinary literacy, and integrated reading and writing instruction. Additionally, her research examines the use of narrative to explore the lived experiences of students, refugee populations, and immigrants. Dr. Joseph Antadero is an associate professor in the Department of Education and Academic Literacy at Bronx Community College of the City of University of New York, where he teaches courses in developmental reading as well as creativity and the arts in early childhood education. Areas of academic interest include reading assessment and the impact of text and text complexity on comprehension. I hope you enjoy the interview. I'm now joined by Dr. Min Choi and Dr. Joseph Tadero as we discuss their article from Considerate to Challenging Text, a four-tiered text approach to thematic reading. Thank you both for joining us. Min, I'll, I'll start with you. Can you share a little bit about kind of your background and how you got interested in reading instruction? Uh, sure. Uh, so my name is Min and um, I work at Bronx Community College with Joe. Uh, I served as the reading coordinator at BCC for several years. Um, I actually, my by training, I'm in English education, so I come from a bit of a writing background, um, and I taught writing here and there in different high schools and middle schools. Um, and when I came to BCC, I really saw that writing instruction had to could not be separated from reading instruction, and that was sort of my in into reading instruction. Um, and it was only uh, a few years ago when um, the elimination of standalone remedi remediation came about that, you know, I really started to think about, well, how do we then teach reading in this environment and how do we make this interdisciplinary? So how do we prepare students to take on the challenges of reading in other courses since we don't have standalone reading courses? Yeah, and I think, and we'll, and we'll dive into that, but you're right. There seems to be an emphasis on on how to teach writing, but especially as you get higher up, less emphasis on how to teach reading instruction. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joseph, what what about you? Uh, what's your background? How did you get interested in this topic? So my background is also in uh, language arts and English education. Um, I taught middle school, high school, 
um, English courses prior to coming to Bronx Community College. And I was hired at Bronx Community College um, specifically to teach reading. Um, and as, as uh, Min was saying, uh, we had a number of standalone uh, remedial reading courses at various levels. So students uh, typically went through uh, two courses ac across two semesters of remedial reading. Um, and uh, I was also a reading coordinator for, for a number of years as well. Um, and across that time, uh, you know, we saw a lot of changes in uh, approaches to reading instruction uh, that ultimately led to uh, what we devised in, in our uh, study here with uh, the tiered readings. Yeah, and this, and so you guys provide a framework on how to kind of introduce and teach um, complex texts. Can we first start by contextualizing things a little bit? Um, where, why is there this need for this framework of the four-tiered approach? Um, so we, uh, I'll, I'll have Joe sort of jump in, but um, what we had to do when, when standalone remediation was eliminated was it really forced us to think about, you know, how to streamline what we would have done over two semesters so that everything was covered in one semester. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, let's go back a little bit of history here. Um, you know, when we first uh, were involved in, in the remedial reading courses, uh, the approach was a skill and drill approach. Um, and um, that was driven by uh, the uh, commercial textbooks that were available at the time. It was also driven by the standardized testing that was used both as placement in the reading courses and exit from the reading courses. Um, but it didn't take too long for us to begin to see the shortcomings in that uh, approach. Uh, and in particular, uh, it alerted us to the fact that there was this mismatch between readers' background knowledge and uh, the information that they were being presented in the text that they were reading. Typically, uh, students were given uh, a, a bevy of very short uh, paragraphs to read, all on various different topics and subjects uh, in the standardized testing or in the exit testing uh, in, in reading courses. And we began to see that there was uh, a, a real mismatch, as I said, the relationship between a reader's background knowledge and what the text was presenting in terms of information uh, really stood out to us. And that led us to become much more sensitive to uh, the need for um, that connection, that interaction between background knowledge, the reader and the text. What the reader brings to the text, what the text brings to the reader, both were important to us. And as a result, um, that led us in, in many ways to change our approach to reading instruction. And we brought that uh, those changes to reading instruction to uh, what ultimately became uh, this integrated reading and writing course that we talk about in the article. Yeah, background knowledge is one of those things that when we talk about teaching reading, I think sometimes we focus on the reading aspect and don't always consider things around the reading, like the reader's knowledge of the topic. I would imagine, as especially as you get higher up within education, the readings become more specific and require much more specific background knowledge. I remember as, as a master's student, the first time I was faced with really feeling like the reading was over my head 
in that I felt like I was thrown into these conversations when I was reading a higher level text that I was ill-equipped <laughs> to, to handle this conversation because there was so much just assumed knowledge, assumed background knowledge that I did not have. And I, I and so um, I think one of the challenges we face, right, as, as educators at all levels is when we give a text to a student, make sure they have the appropriate background knowledge um, to comprehend that text. So I think that's that's huge and that's important. And sometimes I think we get distracted by things like Lexile and stuff when maybe something as simple as as background knowledge of a, of a topic. Um, okay, so um, let's get into into this framework of the of the four tiers. Um, can, can we can you guys talk about what the four tiers are? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So the, the first tier is the foundational text. So this text is meant to provide background knowledge on a topic. Uh, the text doesn't assume that the reader is highly familiar or familiar at all with the topic. And because of this, much of what this text does is it introduces key concepts and vocabulary that are important to understanding the theme. Then we move on to the second tier, which is the expansion text. And this text expands on the background knowledge that the reader has built in the foundational text. So this text places background knowledge in a specific area of discussion. So for instance, while a foundational text might be on say immigration, an expansion text might discuss increasingly multilingual approaches to education. Um, the opposing point of view text comes next. And this is actually a set of two texts that have two opposing arguments. So you might have one text that argues that generative AI will increase efficiency and level the playing field, while the other might insist that generative AI will perpetuate the spread of misinformation and inequity. And finally, we have the expert's point of view text, um, which uh, Nicholas Carr's article, uh, Is Google Making Us Stupid, is a good example of. Uh, the expert's point of view text is generally written by someone who has specialized knowledge in a field or is considered an expert. Okay, so we have these kind of four types of text, the foundation, the expansion, the opposing point of view and the expert. Um, and I, this this idea of the foundation text being um, something that's kind of upfront that has very little assumptions. I, I think one of the issues and just talking to students, one of the frustrations they experience, and, and I remember experiencing this too, is um, there was so much assumed that they knew, right? Like I think sometimes we assume our students, this goes back to that background knowledge discussion. We assume our students know certain things but I guess the foundation of the text, the, the idea with that text is there's very little assumptions, right? So it introduces the topic. So no matter what their background knowledge is, they'll be able to kind of understand the concept, right? So the, is that what you're looking for when you're choosing a text for the foundational text? Yeah, so it would, it would look something like perhaps um, a text that you would find in chapter one of an introductory course in psychology or sociology. So we're sort of assuming that the student is coming in with very little familiarity of not even just the topic, but perhaps of the field. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And then once they have kind of that shared background knowledge, you can go on to more um, uh, 
a more c complex text. We, th um, we think of it. We think of it as a kind of encyclopedic text. Um, it's written for a general audience. It provides uh, information for someone who uh, is entirely unfamiliar with the topic, breaks it down uh, simply, easily, um, and uses um, the notion of considerateness. Um, uh, that's an important uh, concern of ours. Um, and the yeah, can, can you explain what that is? I've never. I it's 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 yeah. It's a concept that was developed by uh, two scholars, Armbruster and Anderson, back in the eighties. And the idea is that a, a, a considerate text is a user-friendly text. Uh, it's it's a text that um, uh, does not uh, make uh, cognitive demands on a on, on a reader. Um, because it presents information in a, in a very uh, logical, well-organized, sequenced manner. Uh, it provides uh, signposts to help the reader to navigate, uh, headings, subheadings, um, uh, terms in boldface or, or italic print. Uh, terms are defined in the context. Um, it makes smooth transitions uh, and clear transitions. And the organizational structures are, are simple. Uh, description, um, chronological sequences, listing, those kinds of organizational sequences. So it, it, uh, it, it makes it easy for the reader, uh, in a sense. And our, our four tiers are kind of a, a continuum uh, from considerateness to less considerate <laughs> or, or inconsiderate, in a sense. But the idea, of course, is that as students are building background knowledge across the four tiers, uh, they're better equipped to handle the more inconsiderate text, the expert POV text uh, that they get to at the end of this of the semester. Um, so it works in that in that fashion, uh, from considerate to inconsiderate. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, right? The, at the expert level, they're not going to spend time going over definitions and things that they assume the reader no the writer, has. The, writer, the writer doesn't do that right yeah and and you know this was prompted by the fact that when we uh, were asked to integrate reading into an English course the exit criteria for the English course was to read Nicholas Carr's is Google making us stupid but it was presented to the students blindly without any prior preparation or support and it alarmed us <laughs> to 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 uh, recognize that students would face that highly complex expert text uh, without any background knowledge or preparation, uh, and and it forced us to to think about how do we help students to work to that level. Yeah, and and this is part of the problem, right? And this is like I'm guilty of this too. I've done this a bunch, where you get to the end of the uh, end of the the, the class and the lesson. And you're like, here, read this article for homework. And then and that's it, right? Without any kind of context, without any guidance, just here, re read it for homework. Um, and so I think the fact that we need to kind of pause and kind of prepare students for their reading, I think is so important. Um, and, and, I, and you can see how this addresses kind of the reader's struggles because we talked about lack of background knowledge. Well, those foundational texts deal with that, right? as you kind of get increasing complexities. I also just want to say a quick note on considerateness. Um, just, I'm a former high school English teacher and I would often use websites like Newzella and other websites where you could adjust the lexile of an article, right? To differentiate. 
what they never do is differentiate the considerateness. And I think like a good suggestion for um, teachers at all levels, what if you're going to, you know, have different lex style of the article, also consider having different considerateness, right? Different signposts, different definitions laid out there as you think about um, uh, differentiation as well. It just, it made me think about that. Um, So what is, in, in this scenario, I would imagine the teacher's role then, right, is to identify those texts, right? And and come up with a, a text set? Is that what the teacher's role here? And, and what would the, the student role here be? In, in part, yes, that is the, the teacher's role is to, you know, be careful about text selection and and take considerateness into consideration um, and and uh, perhaps modify text uh, with that in mind. Um, uh, but also, um, you know, with the text themselves, uh, Introductions are necessary. It's it's good for a teacher to um, establish a purpose for the reading. Why are we reading this? Uh, what's the goal of reading for this? What do you want students to learn from the text that they're reading? Um, provide an introduction to the text, perhaps uh, an overarching question. Uh, prime some background knowledge from the students um, with an overarching question, for example. You might uh, pick out a few essential concepts or terms to highlight and review with students prior to the readings. Uh, you might stop the students uh, periodically at predetermined spots in the text uh, to monitor their comprehension, to ask questions. Um, uh, you might also uh, help students by uh, creating graphic organizers, maps, charts, um, ways of, of displaying the author's connections between concepts and examples, for example, or um, um, the author's argument and the supporting evidence that they might uh, be using in the text. Um, and then, of course, adjusting uh, how you approach each text based on the, the tier level or the level of complexity in the text. Um, those are, are, are parts of how we see the teacher's role in, in dealing with uh, the, the tiered text selections. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if I can just kind of push back a little bit, I think some teachers might say, um, first of all, you mentioned this in your article, that I think some teachers um, at, at all levels, right, um, maybe outside the elementary level, don't view themselves as teachers of reading, right? There's this assumption you come to my class, you know how to read, right? Like my job is not to teach you how to read. My job is to teach you the, the, the content. I think the other, uh, so if you can respond to that, and also I think the other response also might be, go back to this idea of time factor, right? I don't, I don't have time to go and kind of teach students how to read because again, I want to just get on to, to the content. How would you respond to those two potential pushbacks? Yeah, so that's something that that we, we get a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, one of the... One way that we try to think about this is not so much that we're teaching reading per se, because I think that there's this idea that teaching reading is is teaching phonics. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. where this idea comes where people say that, you know, after the third grade, you know, everybody should know how to read. Um, we like to think of it more as sort of we're thinking we're teaching critical thinking and because I think you can't really separate the two. And so we try to frame it as, you know, we're teaching students to comprehend, but it doesn't really end at comprehension because then from comprehension, we move to analysis and then we move to synthesis and evaluation. And I think all of these things sort of 
are included in that spectrum of critical thinking. And I think one of our, what we do in our, in our tiered approach is that we emphasize these different sort of skills in each of these uh, tiers. So we start with comprehension, but then we move to analytical skills or analytical reading or thinking. Um, and then we move to synthesis and evaluation. And I think if we frame it in that way, it's not so much read decoding words, but it's it, it belongs, I think, in a broader sort of way of thinking about critical thinking. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. And I think I mean, that's part of I'm sure the objectives of the course you would be addressing by and those texts presumably would be with the content of the class as well. So I think you'd be achieving that those those goals as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's that's a, a good response. And I, I think often um, we you're right, we view kind of this idea of reading is you can do it or you can't. Where when I read your guys' article, I felt very comfortable <laughs> to read and understand your article because all my background knowledge aligns with what you guys are writing about. If I were to read an article um, in the medical field, right, I would feel like I don't, I can't read <laughs> or I can't comprehend this text, right? And it doesn't mean I can't read. It means I suppose you all would suggest that I kind of lack the background knowledge, right, to, to interact with that text. And so I would need um, background knowledge. I would need you talking article about scaffolding. I would need scaffolding um, to understand that, that text as well. Um, and I think that should be and could be a normal part of teaching is preparing students with background knowledge, with the critical thinking, with scaffolding um, to, to understand these articles. I mean, to understand whatever the text is. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk, and that's related to, you guys also mentioned um, gradual release. Uh, do you guys mind touching on, because I think this is connected to this idea of scaffolding and background knowledge, um, the idea of gradual release, and then we'll get to some implications. But I, I think this is a, a related note, an important note um, that I think applies to teachers, again, at all levels, teaching reading, is finding ways to, to kind of gradu gradually release um, the responsibility to the students. I had an old supervisor who would always say kind of this, I do, we do, you do, right? This idea of the teacher does it, then we as a class will do it. And then hopefully at the end of that, you all are prepared to go on your own and do it. Um, and, and this idea of slowly, instead of, and go back to the argument of you get to the end of the lesson and you just assign it for homework, right? That's putting all the responsibility, 100% responsibility on the student, as opposed to a gradual release being, well, let me kind of read the beginning of the article with you. Uh, let me show you how I read the beginning of the article. Let me model the first, you know, section. And then as a class, let's kind of read the next section. And then, okay, now on your own for homework, read the rest of the article. Um, does that make sense? And does, does that align with this yes. kind of four-tier um, text approach? Yes. One of the things that comes to mind is I think when we're, we're going through, at least for me and, and perhaps for you too, Joe, is when we're going through the, the, the four texts, um, there is a lot of support. But then um, toward the end of the semester or the second half, we do provide students with a reading bank of texts that we did not, we do not go over together in class. So the hope is that by that point, and those reading texts vary in terms of genre and, and length and 
um, type of text. And hopefully by that point, you know, students are able to sort of take on those texts. And I, th I guess that's where you would see that that sort of release. Yeah. Yeah. Min is talking about a research project that they do at the end of the semester in which they have to draw from a number of texts. And that's the reading bank. Uh, it's related to the theme that we've dealt with during the semester, but um, uh, there is not the same handholding um, uh, with their um, working through those reading texts and then applying those texts to a, um, uh, a final research project. Yeah, I like that. As, as I was reading your article, I find myself, and I do this a lot of times when I read articles about literacy, cringing at my own past mistakes and one of them was like teaching research and like going right to the pro con article and say here here's the pro con articles read it and write your papers and what would happen inevitably it would just be like summaries of each article boom there it is without any like thorough understanding and knowledge of the given topic because i skipped like the foundational text and i skipped the the you know expansion text and I jump right into like the opposing <laughs> viewpoint um, without that necessary kind of scaffolding. Um, and reading your article made me think about, oh man, I wish you could go back and do that differently. And I, I wonder if like, I was also thinking about maybe like programs and departments can start making these kind of curated text, te text sets that, that do this, that have the foundational. Cause I think one of the challenges will be gathering all these different types of texts, right? Yes. Um, and yes. so I think that's a good kind of, task for departments and stuff to, to take on. Yes, it is, it, it is a chore to assemble a set of texts that work well <laughs> in, in, in sort of the, the tiered fashion that we've designed. Um, and it takes a, a good deal of uh, searching and finding and looking for ideal texts. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to some implications. Uh, how can I or how can our listeners start doing this or or versions of this in their own classrooms? So I think one of the ways is to um, uh, focus on uh, expository text, text for information for one, um, and to look for um, texts that perhaps deal with uh, some issues of currency in today's world um, and or uh, issues that might be relevant to the students themselves as one. Um, and um, uh, to, to select texts that will in some ways connect to their own experiences, but also broaden on their experiences. The, the other important idea here, which, it, which reflects how we went about doing this, is to start with the end text, to start with the exit text, the text that you want students to be able to um, master by the end of the semester and work backwards. Um, uh, that was how we dealt with this. What's the general topic that is being addressed in that end text? Uh, what ideas does the text assume the reader has some prior knowledge about or content knowledge about? Uh, what ideas or concepts does the text draw upon? Um, and then again, work backwards to finding a, a, a sequence of, of, of texts a trajectory that, that helps to build background knowledge and build skill in reading ability over more complex text that gets to that end text. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily have to follow our tiers necessarily, but uh, certainly something that begins with a considerate uh, text and then works towards more uh, complexity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think 
like at least in my case, I already have an end text set in mind. Like I, I usually have the end result, and and I've experienced that um, that feeling that here is this really important text. This is kind of what we've been building up to. I'm excited for you guys to read it, and then you assign it, and like half the class doesn't get it. <laughs> You're like ah, um, and and so I think thinking about those moments and now kind of going back and say okay, okay, what can I do as far as their reading? to better prepare them to interact with this end text. Um, I, I, I like that idea. Um, do, do you think this four-tier text approach works in, I mean, you, you guys did it in a college set setting. Do you think it works in different disciplines? Do you think it works at different grade levels? Uh, how does this apply in different contexts? Um, there's, I know that there's some research out there um, that talks about uh, this sort of approach, a tiered approach being used in secondary um, education. But a lot of the research that we read was really on sort of multimodality. So there would be, you know, use of a video or use of um, a, a fiction piece, um, a literary piece. Um, and so I think that's where the sort of differs from, from how we're taking this. Um, I did work I was fortunate to work very closely with the chemistry department on our campus. And I, um, you know, I have like this sort of innate fear of chemistry. And so I went into this, you know, feeling like probably a lot of our students feel when they move, when they walk into a college classroom. And so I was given the chemistry text to read, which is really like a foundational. There was no um, opposing POV text or experts POV text. And so while there was a foundational text, I never, I felt that, you know, I never really had a grasp on the, the context or how this was applicable um, in today's world. And so part of the challenge that we had was then drawing from articles from science magazines that made that foundational text relevant. Yeah, I like that. I, the, it's so true. I, I was thinking about my own teaching again. When I was dealing with a complex text, I would often start to try to find like an introductory video to it that gives them some sort of background knowledge to introduce the text. But then like then we would jump into the complex reading where it would make a lot more sense to introduce kind of the complex text in the same mode that they're going to be dealing with the more complex text and, mm-hmm. and starting with foundation text. Because you're right, there's a lot of stuff out there about the multimodal stuff and in and, and, and use in scaffolding using multimodal, um, but not scaffolding using text. So that that makes sense. And yeah, I think that applies, yeah, across the board. Um the my the last kind of implications is, and I was thinking about this as again as I was reading an article, just on a personal level. I was thinking about kind of um, my own growth as as a teacher and educator and scholar. Um, do you guys think there's implications? for the four-tiered approach that we can use in our own lives, not teaching, but kind of in our own per, per, personal reading lives? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think for us, you know, just because we're always looking for texts that are relevant, we're sort of always on the lookout for texts. And I think mm-hmm. having taught in this way for so many years, when we think about an issue or we see some sort of event unfolding on the news, we're always thinking about, you know, well, how can I bring this to my students? Or how can I think mm-hmm. of this, you know, from a more foundational level? And, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure Joe is the same way too. I think that sort of changes how you sort of see the world and see events, not as, you know, isolated events, but some part of perhaps like if it were a text, like an opposing POV text for a larger issue or theme. Um, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where, where does this fit into those four tiers? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, we we see themes wherever we go, <laughs> or we look for themes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I found as a you know, I taught high school English for fourteen years, and that's I started reading young adult literature because I just liked it, and then I started teaching young adult literature, and then it became okay. How can I pair this young adult literature into a into our into the curriculum into a, an anchor text, and and so I feel like that's a lot. Like when you get into this, I could completely see if teachers start applying this and start doing these four four tiers. And as you mentioned before, Joe, Joseph, making it kind of relevant um, uh, and using current issues. I mean, you see this stuff come up all the time. And, and mm-hmm. so finding ways to connect it and, and figure out where it connects into your own teaching. And I'm sure you can start kind of with these, these, these four, you can start with four texts and then kind of build the, the text set. And maybe that goes into, you guys talked about a text bank or something. You could continue putting text into um, as you get into it. So it seems like it could be something that continues to kind of grow throughout your teaching. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, you know, current issues pose arguments um, and then it becomes uh, uh, in some ways easy to find texts that deal with two sides of the argument. Um, and that is a, a relevant um, uh, source of material for, for students at the college level, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And I... I really appreciate your article because um, to kind of wrap things up, I, I feel like there is often this 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 mindset that we complain that our students do not know how to read or comprehend our texts, but there's also the, this moment where we throw up our arms and say, "Well, <laughs> just kind of it is what it is. Um, I'm sorry, it's it's unfortunate, and I'm just going to go complain about it some more." Um, but but your article offers some, I think, realistic, practical guidance on how we can help students to kind of grapple with. The complex text that they'll face in our classrooms and and outside of our classrooms. So, um, I, I commend you guys on your work. If people want to, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll throw out two questions here to wrap things up. Um, are you guys working on anything new that you guys want to talk about or share about? Anything anything new you're working on, either related to this or not related to this, that you want to talk about? And if people want to reach out and contact you, uh, what's to, to ask about your work or to, um, to to discuss it further? What's the best way to contact you? So we're always looking for new themes. Um, and um, one of the uh, s- other themes that we're uh, considering and, and working on is sustainability uh, and uh, the environment, uh, which incorporates a lot of current issues. Um, and that's something that we're, we're in the process of looking at. Our current theme is technology and, and the, the effects of technology um, on us in, in, in many ways. Um, but uh, and 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 the sustainability idea is a, is a new one that we hope to manufacture a set of texts for. In terms of contact, um, uh, can reach us uh, at Bronx Community College through our email. Do you want us to give the email addresses? Or, or, or? Sure, and I can put the. Well, I'll just put the email in the show notes. So if you want to sure. reach out, go to the show notes, and mm-hmm. and you can contact them to discuss the work further. Sure. Um, well, Dr. Minchoy and Dr. Joseph Tadero, thank you for this uh, wonderful and engaging conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs>